Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Hour number two of the Steelers Blitz here live in Latrobe. We're on the campus of St. Vincent College. You guys already know all that good stuff are right here on the bleachers, on the deck at Chuck Noll Field in anticipation of what will be practice number six for your Pittsburgh Steelers, the second practice in the pads for the black and gold. Motsi, we have gotten a lot of tweets here so far through the first hour of the show about Devin Bush, uh, the lit one, Rebecca is, uh, yeah, she tweeted about it. Uh, Steeler Nation 920, our, our uh, resident Wisconsin member of mm-hmm. SNR, tweeted about it. Katie tweeted asking me about Devin Bush. So at least three people so far in the first hour, and I might have missed one or two here as well too, tweeted us asking about Devin Bush. So unfortunately, Motsi, he was one of the not as encouraging performances from yesterday in some of the drills of a physical nature, mm. namely backs on backers that we have been discussing here. Um, I don't want to say he got bullied or anything like that, but he just he didn't look very good in his reps, whether he was going up against Najee, which he did a couple times, whether he was going up against Benny Snell, which he did a handful of times. He didn't look great. And, you know, if, if we were doing a scorecard style, you know, if I was a, a boxing or a UFC judge here, uh, I, I mean, I think it would be unanimous that, that, that he lost the majority of his reps. Um, and that to me, listen, I don't want to crush the guy. I don't want to say, see, oh, he's a bust or any of these things. He's going to have a bad year. That's, that's not what we're here to do. But at the same time, you know, and yesterday was only one practice as well, too. He's got the clean slate and the opportunity to come out here and do better and put in a better performance today. But to me, partner, you know, I, I just wanted to see flashes of it. You know, I, I wanted to see some some athleticism pop from him at moments. I wanted to see some of the physicality pop from him at moments. I wanted to see him get the better of guys out there from time to time. And I just, you know, I haven't seen a ton of that yet. Haven't seen a ton of that certainly yesterday. Again, just one practice practice with the pads on. I am not trying to sound the alarm or anything, but that's just one of the observations from yesterday as well too. You know, there there haven't been uh, many of those of those splash moments from Devin Bush so far out here uh, in Latrobe. No, fair enough. Um, when I think about Devin as a pass rusher, that 
isn't it's not his forte jumps off the screen absolutely he's not a vince williams even though people try to say well hey if you're not going to be a coverage guy you got to be a vince williams type i mean in theory absolutely that's what you want but it is never that easy to just you know switch from okay i can't cover i'm gonna do this now so with that um i do think it's one of those things for Devin where he's always gonna have to continue to fine-tune that part of his game because that's something that he hasn't had to specialize in. Typically, when Devin gets sacked, it's on blitzes where he's coming free. You think mm-hmm. about the Packers game, a, miss, uh, a mixed communication or miscommunication in the protection allows him to go through free to get to Aaron Rodgers. A lot of his sacks come like that. You don't really see him beating running backs or beating offensive linemen consistently in the manner that we saw Vince Williams do where you could see multiple rush moves whether it was Mm. a bull rush whether it was a Mm -hmm. a stick and then we're you know clubbing over swimming over top of the running back those are some of the things that Vince understood and started to develop midway through his career and ultimately that's what we saw the uptick in productivity from him as a pass rusher that's something that for Devin that's not a natural part of his game and unless he really takes the time to hone in on that it's going to be this mixed bag like that. But the one thing that we will say is this, the effort has to continue though, right? Even if you're getting beat, man, you got to continue to show up. You got to continue to come out here and get these reps in because eventually one or two things are going to happen. You keep getting hit long enough, you keep getting beat long enough, you're either going to start to like it or you're going to say, you know what, I don't like this and I'm going to do something about it. (laughs) Right, right. So for me, we're going to find that out, and especially with the pads on, because once again, all of last week for Devin Bush was just an extension of OTAs and minicamp. For me, this is where practice really starts for Devin Bush. This is where we really get a chance for him to change the narrative on himself, Mm. for him to kind of show the team the new and improved version, the healthier version, the guy that has had a complete offseason version. That's what he's going to get a chance to do starting now. And yes, yesterday was a little bit of a mixed bag, but I don't put too much stock into it because it was the first day. And for me, I say, hey, everybody can't have a great first day. Everybody can't come out here and win on first day. Everybody can't be a winner and have an amazing training camp. That's just not how life works. Sure. But you got to have that ability to be resilient. You have to be able to overcome adversity. We talk about why we respect certain players so much. We talk about why we trust certain players so much. And it's not just because they make big-time plays. It's because we've had to see them endure adversity. We've had to see them endure criticism, have to see them endure bad performances, and then they have to bounce back. When the odds are stacked against them, we saw them rise up in the face of adversity and overcome it. Well, Right now, Devin Bush is in that adversity. Right now, Devin Bush is having to go through this phase of remodeling himself. Mm. Now we're going to get a chance to really know who Devin is. And that's what I'm excited about with him. So even though yesterday wasn't the best of days for him, I still remember him having an interception a week ago. To me, it's things like that where it's like, hey, you just stay in the fight. You just continue to work. As long as you do that, man, eventually everything will take care of itself. If you are the player that you believe you are, if you're the player that we thought you were when we drafted you at 10th overall, you come out here every single day and that will start to show. But yeah. if you're not that player, well, we're going to find that out as well. But either <laughs> way, you got to show up. you know. And that's kind of my approach with him this year. And we're going to see, man, how to stick a tease to progress, man. But I'm hoping for him 
that he gets tired of this narrative being around him and he starts to shift to that narrative of man i'm going to come out here pissed off every single day and i'm going to try and dominate you every single rep and even if it's a drill that i'm not the best or i'm not most comfortable in you're going to deal with me to the best of my abilities. Sure. And you're going to respect the heck out of that. And we all know those type of people. We've seen them, man. We would joke on AB at times like, man, AB, you're not no big blocker. But you watch him in these drills when he's trying to block, man, he's looking like a rabid dog out there. <laughs> you know, you're like, man, if you were a 6'4", 215, you'd be dominating this guy. But you just happen to be a little dude. But you know what? Even though you lost this rep, we all respect the heck out of you because of how you was fighting in it. And that's the part for Devin that I want to see from him more. Even if you're not going to be the best at it, have that dog yeah. where each and everybody over here knows, hey, he might have lost that rep, but he got beat, but he ain't lose. It's a difference. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. He got beaten that rep, but trust me, he ain't no loser. <laughs> he ain't lose that now. Don't, don't, you, uh -uh, don't you get it twisted. No. That's what I need from Devin, man. And that's something that he's going to have to figure it out on his own right now, though. And that's a great way to put it. It really is. Um, and that, I think, sometimes is a part of the reason why uh, not everybody, but, you know, a, a portion of, of Steelers fans, they like to come down on Devin Bush, uh, you know, anytime something like that happens because he isn't necessarily that rah-rah, fiery, emotional guy. Right. And sometimes fans think um, – that you know, well, that means he doesn't care or anything like that. At least if you, you know, if you, if that dog is showing through out there, that's one part I feel like that that will go unquestioned, and um, that's that's a nice transition for you too, because you know, um, two other guys who didn't have the best showing in backs on backers, but they were they were fighting their tails off out there. They were giving it everything that they had, and and they were staying in that fight. They were showing that dog, uh, Derek Watt and Connor Hayward. Now, mm, uh, a, okay. little a little different there, all right, because Connor Hayward's the rookie. That's to be expected to an extent. And, again, you know, Mike Tomlin likes – he really likes to test the rookies in this setting. Um, you know, uh, Connor Hayward was, was taking reps against uh, against Miles Jack and, and Robert Spillane and, and even Buddy Johnson, you know, guys that have been in the league, guys that he – he should be struggling against, in a sense. Um, Derek Watt, not the greatest as well, too. Um, same kind of thing. You know, he was getting tested a lot differently and, and, and wasn't winning, you know, uh, at a 50% at a clip or, or, or anything like that. I I do wonder, and I know that Mike Tomlin was not pleased about that. I You know, I wonder how that plays out today. Um, again, maybe obviously a little bit more of a leash there for, for Connor Hayward as he is a rookie, but you know, those guys, they play positions, they play styles where mm -hmm. you want to see that physicality shine through in these, in, you know, in these thumper type drills. No, you definitely do, man. And honestly, man, in those type of drills anyways, it is slanted towards the defense. That's why we are always, when we're watching backs on backers and we see linebackers lose, we're like, bro, this can't happen. We are banking on you winning this matchup on Sundays. Yes. 100% of the time. That's why we call these plays. We're not calling them to have you run it free. We want to get a backer on a tight end or a backer on a linebacker because that is a mismatch. Has to be. But the flip side, when you're talking about the offensive guys, well, hey, I do not care that it's a mismatch. I do not care that it's slanted against you because what happens when it's game day? And we happen to get a stop on defense, but now you're backed up. And now you got to come out your own end zone. Oh, man, it's slanted against us. The odds aren't in our favor. Are we supposed to complain? No, you figure it out. Oh, man, it's we're, we're trailing in the game. We don't have a timeout. What are we going to do? 
Do we seek comfort and say, hey, man, this slanted against us right now. We can't be successful here. No, you figure it out. So when you're talking about these guys on offense losing in these drills, their job now is to check the tape, figure out what are you doing wrong, and also what is that guy that you're trying to block doing right? What is he showing you? Is he showing his hands late? Is he getting up on your toes before committing to any move? Or is he a guy that's showing his move as soon as he's coming out that stance and you're just late with your eyes picking it up? You're not seeing the telltale signs, the keys. Those are some of the things that they're going to get a chance to learn right now. That's why it's like, man, when you talk about Coach Tom and how he sets up these drills, backs on backers. Who's that slanted for? Linebackers. But then when you have routes on or you have one-on-one routes, who is that slanted for? The offense. Then when you do the one-on-one run blocking drill for tight ends versus uh, outside linebackers, that's slanted for offense. So he's very strategic and very intentional in his setup of drills. So I can see you when the odds are in your favor. When you're supposed to be dominating, are you dominating? Hey, now we got it where it's slanted against you. You're supposed to be getting dominated. Are you still dominating? Are you still fighting? Or are you complaining? Are you seeking comfort? Me and Coach Tom would go back and forth every single day because, Wes, I don't know if you know this, I like to talk a lot, okay? (laughs) And when I have any type of displeasure, I don't keep that in. I voice it. So anytime (laughs) the drill was slanted against me, I would let him know, Coach, you notice some nonsense right here, Coach. You know this makes zero sense. This isn't even realistic. I'm like, coach, why am I trying to run? Why am I playing a six technique on a guy with no tackle, no tight end, no running? I can't read anything. Like, when am I ever going to be lined up like this? I don't want to hear it, most. That's when you went to JMU. Stop seeking comfort. Just go out here and win. And you got to go out there and win the drill. And you're like, coach, I won because I went to JMU. But this is still a stupid drill because this don't make sense to me. But <laughs> that's that was our dynamic, and that's what made it fun. But every drill that he does is going to be set up like that because he wants to see – who is going to complain and who is going to produce. And even for me, like I joke about the complaining, but at the end of the day, I still had to produce. I still had to figure out how to win these drills. And when you're talking about Derek Watt, Connor Haywood, and any of these other players that are struggling or having success in some of these drills, it's all about making that adjustment. Just because you kicked butt yesterday don't mean you're going to kick butt today. And just because you kick butt today don't mean you're going to do it again tomorrow. It's day in and day out. You got to take it one rep at a time. And I think that's the thing that these players are really starting to understand when you start hy- uh, getting into these hyper-competitive drills like we're seeing now that pads are out. That's, uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> I do love that back and forth between you and Mike Tomlin. I wish well, I wish you, I was on the sidelines in media capacity when that happened. Look, that's that JMU and William and Mary. Oh, you know it. You know we're, we're, we're always going to have something slick to say, and it's just my temperament as well. I don't handle uh, adversity. Like, I don't like to internalize it. I can I handle adversity extremely well. I'm going to go through whatever we have to go through, but I'm that guy in the movie where you're like, yo, is he going to complain the whole time? He's still kicking butt, but he's complaining after. Er- is some more <laughs> zombies coming? God dang, how many zombies is it? Oh, man, it's another set of bad guys. God, we just got rid of these bad guys. It's more of them. I'm still down. I'm still in the fight, but I'm going to complain the whole way. (laughs) (laughs) 
and that is what makes you you partner you better believe it <laughs> we are uh we are uh in our final hour of the show here about 40 minutes from the start of practice on the campus of saint vincent the bleachers at chuck knoll field filling up the grassy knolls the hill here next to chuck knoll field filling up uh as well too there's somebody over here next to us having a cigar if i do say so myself it smells delightful i wouldn't mind to have one are you going to share with me over here buddy what do we got going on uh we will also party favors in our our final segment of the show we will be joined uh, by larry brown uh former steeler of course four times. love larry yeah tight end tackle pro bowler four-time super bowl champion larry will join us in our final segment of the show uh so we'll wrap up some other thoughts uh from yesterday maybe get to some of your tweets here uh before we catch up with larry brown and get out of here Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's our ongoing training camp coverage live at St. Vincent College. You are listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR. You're listening to the official voice of Black and Gold Nation. Beloved Black and Gold. SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the Black and Gold. SNR. Back on the beautiful campus of St. Vincent College for your ongoing Steelers training camp coverage here on SNR. You've got Arthur Motes and I, the Steelers Blitz, here for about another half an hour. Then we turn things over to Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson for the drive from 2 until 5. The only members of the Steelers media who are broadcasting live during practice. Make sure you are tuning in uh, to get all the day's happenings from Mr. Lawley and from Mr. Williamson, a guy that we have to discuss now because, you know, we're going to get to Larry Brown here in about 15, 20 minutes or so. And and one of the news items of the day so far that we have not gotten to is the extension of the Steelers special teams specialist, Mr. Chris Boswell himself uh, and a former teammate of Arthur Motes' as well, too. Uh, Motsy four-year extension for Chris Boswell. Uh, now, of course, the Steelers did not release the numbers to this contract. Uh, Adam Schefter did, and if you've listened to the show over the years, Motsy has explained, uh, you know, when, when Adam Schefter puts something out there, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it's just about as, as mm-hmm. ironclad as you can get. Four years, $20 million, 12 and a half of that guaranteed would tie him with Justin Tucker as the highest paid kicker in the NFL and in NFL history. And Motsi, I got to think you're you're saying uh, nothing but well-deserved for your former teammate. No, I actually hate this deal. I think it's the worst deal ever. <laughs> and me and Chris Boswell are not friends. In fact, we got if I see him outside, I'm going to bump his car. Just throwing it out there, all right? <laughs> About my dog. And I'm going to tell you why. You want to know why? Because how you going to tie for the highest paid kicker salary? Man, you supposed Give him to one more dollar. One Come dollar. on. Give me one more <laughs> dollar, man. Come on, boss. <laughs> but, no, man, love my brother Boz right there, man. I'm super happy for him. Um, you know, I had a chance to catch up with him doing OTAs and stuff like that. And, obviously, we knew this was on the table. But, you know, just seeing how for him, man, this never wavered or this never affected how he showed up. You know, he always was committed. He always knew that whatever happens in terms of the money, it's going to take care of itself. But he knows the type of player that he is. And I'm just really happy for him that he's getting that type of recognition to be able to say that he is the highest paid or tied for highest paid at his position. Man, that means something. I know as players, we try to downplay that part, but that is such an awesome feeling to be able to say that and for Boz to be able to experience that in the same era as Justin Tucker, who, to me, is going to go down as the greatest kicker of all time. 
to be able to say that, man, in his era, I was the highest paid with him. I think that that's very significant. But at the same time, I think that it's warranted. You know, some of these guys get paid and we're like, man, they overpaid for that guy. Some of these guys get paid and we're like, bro, why did you pay him that? You got to put that clause in there for that contract. Yikes. But with Boz, you're not worried about that. With Boz, you know exactly what you are getting. Some people might even say that you underpaid him based on where he was already getting compensated, based on what he's done since then. And now when you're talking about the market and that's what he signed for, it's like, man, you could have gave him a little bit more. But either way, man, I'm super happy for him. And the fact that it was able to get done under the radar in the sense that we weren't discussing is it a hold and is it a hold out is sure, showing up is sure. he not here is he disgruntled on all these other things it was just good to see everything go as smooth as it did from our perspective at least with this getting done man but no man nothing but you know awesome things to say about my dog boz except the fact that he did not take one dollar more so he could be the highest paid <laughs> kicker but either way still my dog <laughs> I, I, I like I like that uh, I like that by you. You're absolutely right. I mean, can we throw an extra fifty cents onto the contract? It, like, like, hey, bro, I mean, twenty five cent, man. Just put. Come on, we ain't asking for much. I just need my dog to have that label, though. Like, you could give him that. <laughs> it's like, I remember hearing a story that made me think of, I remember hearing a story about how, you know, many decades ago, obviously, when they were building the World Trade Centers, that there mm-hmm. were, like, uh, there was a, a different dude who was in charge of the project for each one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And when okay. they got to the very end of completion, they had a little, like, back and forth about, like, oh, who's going to be the taller one, right? Tallest building in New York City, all these different things. So the one builder, like, in the last couple weeks of construction, the one builder had a platform added to the roof, right? That was that was like five or ten feet higher, so that they could say they were higher. And the and They're then higher, the, man. yeah, and then the, the 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 builder of the second trade tower, like a week after that, decided they put like a big flagpole or something up there, so that they could claim that they were the taller building. That's uh, that's what the Steelers needed to do here. A little game, a little gamesmanship <laughs> with the Ravens man. on that one. Uh, no, say, it's in the division too. Come yeah. on, now. y'all know how we feel about them boys over there, man. We don't want on. them winning anything. Come on, we can't yeah. we can't get a couple more dimes. I mean, come on, Omar, can you you drop the ball on this Omar you've been doing great at everything else you dropped the ball right here though man I got I got I gotta criticize you on this one day well if I if I see him around campus this afternoon I'll make sure to voice our displeasure um you do that you guys have made your voice heard here on a couple of the tweets we've addressed some of them as we go along here here's a good one from Josh as well too Motsi um first of all he says thanks to Wes I just said program to one of our customers (laughs) yeah you got you got to run a good program over there Josh uh Josh Josh wants to know uh, with Jordan Howard coming in for a workout on Friday, right, and, and still nothing uh, with a contract, is there any chance that the Steelers still sign him, or is that ship sailed? No, I mean, there's always a chance. But it's more so in case of emergency. If an injury happens or if a guy isn't producing the way you want him to produce or developing the way you want him to develop, yeah, that's when you make that phone call. But you initially got to get familiar with the player. So that's why you bring him in for the workout. You want to see what he looks like body weight you want to see how he moves in person you watch a guy on tape they look one way you see him in person it can look a little bit different so you want to see that you want to get your doctors in here to touch on him make sure that you know his knees ankles everything that he's had injuries with in the past is you know good to go now or is it a scenario where hey he will be 80% right now but if you waited a week or two he'll probably be closer to 90 95% all of that comes into context here. So the visit, the workout was important. And yes, I think there's still legs to this. 
But you also have to remember that they already have their running back group right now, and they want to see what those guys can do, not just in shirts and shorts, but now with pads on. Jordan Howard, you don't need to see him in pads. You know what he is. Right. You know, barring anything catastrophic, you know exactly who he is because he already has that much tape at the NFL level. Whereas with some of the guys that we're talking about on our depth chart right now, we don't got a lot of tape on these dudes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Benny Snell is the the second most experienced running back on our roster right now, if I remember correctly. And it's like, it's not a lot of experience with that, you know, not in terms of in-game reps. So you still need to see what that looks like. You still need to get familiar with those guys. So I don't think that it's a closed door. I just think that it was one of those, we have to do this to even get to the next step. And you look at the next wave of guys they brought in. One of my GMU guys, Vad Lee. You know, he just got to work it. out his wealth. So with that, you're not going to turn around and sign them tomorrow with the quarterbacks we currently have. Sure. But we know what? Preseason games are about to start. If somebody were to go down and I need to call someone, at least I have a familiarity. I know, hey, this guy's athletic. He can do certain things here. All right. If I needed to get out of a, a preseason game or if I need a camp on, well, this is a guy that I'm familiar with now. This is a guy that I can contact now. So that's all this process is. I don't think that, you know, you read too much into it one way or the other, but it is good to at least know that a guy like Jordan Howard is on their radar. I, I, I think you're, you're spot on there. In fact, I know you're spot on there. Um, just because nothing has happened in that regard yet doesn't mean that the door has shut. Now, it, it could like the Steelers could have had those internal conversations, not the right fit, whatever, um, and the door could be shut. We're, we're not saying that yeah, it, it's certainly it, but, but just from the standpoint of, oh, you know, he worked out with the team, what, four or five they days ago, nothing's happened. Over. Yeah, right. they, they, there's, there's certainly still possibilities that they're in touch with his agent, all those different things, just waiting to see uh, what plays out here on the campus of St. Vincent College's training camp is ongoing. Motsi, your favorite tweeter, Lieutenant Dan's Legs. Oh, um, that's my dude. Let's go. <laughs> uh, tweets, and, and this is, you know, talking about uh, in regards to our seven shots offense versus defense conversations. The offense right now is going against potentially the best defense in the league. Everyone needs to be patient, but facing the best defense every day will only make the offense better, dot, dot, mm -hmm. dot. Eventually, <laughs> and I think the the eventually is the key is the key word there, right? Yeah, that, from firsthand experience, that's how it worked out for us. It did, but the thing was, it wasn't year one when it happened. It wasn't year two when it happened. Like for us, that shift where we really started to be competitive, not winning occasional reps, but legit looking our offense in the eyes and saying, "Nah." We're not just taking this thing lying down. You're going to have to fight. We fight in every chance we get. That was going into that 17 season. And I just think that we have to understand that, yo, when it comes to this progression, when it comes to this offense continuing to develop and improve, it's not going to be linear either. They're going to have some times where it's like, man, all right, they really picked up some steam. Then it's going to be other times where it's like how we're talking about right now. And it's like, man, should we be panicking right now? It's all a part of it. They're learning on the fly. And it's hard when you're going against an elite team or, or, or a unit that is trying to be elite, at least. That's the thing that, you know, we're all witnessing right now. Yeah. But once again, patience, patience, patience. The defense is supposed to look like that. If they didn't look like that, that's when you'd be pushing the, red, the, the panic button. Right now, we're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you'll give me a second here, Motsi, we have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Larry Brown himself. 
sitting down Yay. with us here as we're uh, trying trying to get all uh, trying to get all situated here uh, as part of our our Steelers alumni visits every day. We are pleased to have former Steeler, uh, four time Super Bowl champion, Pro Bowler Larry Brown joining us here at our Let's SNR go. tent. Uh, Larry, that's Arthur Motes back uh, that you can hear his voice in in your ears as well too. How you doing? And thanks for taking the time oh, to be here with hi, us today. Arthur. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. A pleasure to talk to you again. Yes, and indeed. Yes, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. I think we were together like this maybe a year ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a Unibet, right? Prior to a game, man, just oh, yeah. chopping it up, going down memory lane. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's yes. a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us. So, so speaking of, of memory lane, what are the memories like for you when, when you come back here to, to Latrobe on the, uh, the campus of St. Vincent? Well, you know what? After retiring, and um, it took me a while to be able to make this drive without the anxiety. And all, <laughs> I know Moses has been saying the same thing. <laughs> and all the things leading up to what you were going to encounter when you got here. Now, I was, um, in the meantime, though, I've come to a couple of the fantasy camps. Okay. And, boy, that was like a, a, an awakening because it is so <laughs> different. I did not recognize this. <laughs> the facility. I did right, not right. recognize the pricing field or in the dorms and so on and so on. It was just so different. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, training camp was just a place to just grind it out and, you know, survival of the fittest kind of <laughs> old-fashioned kind of, you know. <laughs> no question. You know, I was just talking to someone who had, who had, um, had a short stint at one of the camps, and he was just talking about uh, – guys you know leaving in the middle of the night <laughs> sure i'm out of here <laughs> for safer ground and safer territory and so on and so on and uh it was i mean it was a battle of attrition i mean just uh surviving camp uh said a lot about you <laughs> <laughs> now when we talk about this training camp we always hear people talk about their mentalities right whether they're focused on getting better in a particular way some guys speak on hey man i'm just trying to get healthy and get to the season and you know we just we always hear about the different mentalities of how a person would prepare themselves for a training camp at Lake Trobe. Could you take us through how you would prepare mentally for having to come out here to Lake Trobe and what would be some of the things that you would focus on at each of your training camps while you're out here? Well, I, you know, I, could, I can remember that. I can actually kind of go back and um, think about just real quickly some of the preparation. One of the things I <clears throat> had for a long time was a training camp kind of uh, dream prior to camp and was I guess a training camp nightmare and that was <laughs> coming to camp and not being in shape coming Ooh. to camp and just not being in shape and just boy I tell you what that haunted me for a long time you know <laughs> dreaming of that before camp and so that was my primary thing man I would uh, make sure that I would come to camp in shape and you know ready to compete and and so on and so on. So I, I geared my workouts around that. I mean, I'd work out at the, a couple times a day in the hottest part of the day and just really kind of challenge myself so that whenever I got here and we had to do some of the, some of the uh, almost like test things that, you know, the kind of <laughs> test, you know, Chuck, <laughs> whether you were in shape or not, you know, um, all those kind of things. So I just made sure I'm physically ready and in shape to be able to run through the drills and do all the things that that I needed to do. And you know, and you know, I'm sure you can identify with this that um, you you play this game. But one of the reasons you play is that you know, obviously you like the game. I love the game. However you want to put that. 
but now you feel like you can. You feel like you have the <clears> ability and so on and so on. And so all things uh, equal, you know, conditioning makes a difference, conditioning. And so that was mm-hmm, absolutely. very important to me coming in. I thought, you know, if I could come in in shape, I, I can compete. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that that's a, that wasn't always necessarily the mentality during your time, <laughs> certainly. Uh, and that now, I mean, yeah, if, if you show up for these guys out of shape, uh, good luck. You might not even get much spin out here. A couple more minutes uh, with Larry Brown with us here. So I, I like to ask this of, you know, the, the 70s guys, the, the four Super Bowl ring guys. You know, we, uh, we, we talked about this with some of your old teammates last week. Four Super Bowl rings, four Super Bowl titles, four Lombardi trophies. Is there one that stands out in your mind as, as the favorite, as the most memorable? Was it maybe the first, you know, nothing like the first time in that regard? Was it, was it maybe the last one? Of those four, is there one that, that is most memorable to you? Well, uh, that's a, really an easy one for me, and it would be the first one. I mean, in spite of um, anything you might think, uh, something is um, – as um, significant and as large an event in, within the, your sport as uh, you know, going to the Super Bowl and winning it. Um, so, um, but until you do it, <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> it's a, it's a fantasy, it's a dream, or it's whatever. But uh, yeah, it's the first one. It was absolutely the first one because uh, after ha- you know, after going the first time, you think, well, why not again? Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, <laughs> and so on and so on and so on. In fact, you know, you could get. A little arrogant about it, and I'm, oh, we're going to be back every I'm, year. And I'm joking, but you get that feeling. And, you know, I think we left a couple on the table. Sure, <laughs> it's the same thing Randy Grossman said to us last week. Well, I, I'm, I'm sincere reaction. I'm sure he felt that way. You know, a good reason. You know, for feeling that way. Sure. No, I always love that question. I feel like that's only a question we get to ask here in Pittsburgh. Like, man. Which Super Bowl do you like the most? I mean, we know you got multiples over there. Like, golly. Oh, my. I love it. It was fun. But um, since since we are at training camp, man, just talk about one of your favorite camp memories, if you have one, you know, because we do know that PTSD does kick in when we start thinking about it. But it was a fond memory. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I mean, and we all – we all, uh, you know, probably approach it differently because you have to, you know, you asked me before, like, what do you do, get, get uh, prepared for it, and you, you know, and part of this, man, is just a, it's a psychological game, psychological warfare, you know, you got to get your head right to be able to go through it, um, um, and it's a difficult, um, you know, um, undertaking, um, but, um, but the camp, I tell you, when you ask. Uh, Elsie Greenwood, I remember, you know, just kind of, you know, you look for somebody to commiserate, you know, like, oh, God. (laughs) So I remember walking up that hill there, man, and uh, talking to him and, uh, you know, you know, ready to complain and so on and so on. And he just said, you know, he says, a beautiful day, man. I just love this place. I just love it. And I'm looking at him like, what? (laughs) Did you just go through the same thing I went through? Did you just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Are we doing the same thing? And uh, and but that's that was a memorable thing, you know, with him. Um, and uh, to have be able to put yourself mentally in a place where you're telling yourself, and when asked the question, you're that's your reaction is, boy, you're, oh God, just having such a good time and so on and so on. <laughs> and he looks sincere. And so I never asked him that question again. <laughs> <laughs> I needed someone to feel as miserable as I was. 
you too happy out here right now. You making it worse for all of us, man. <laughs> I know. I love it. I know. But he was a great player, and I'm sure that's how he got through it. And that, he was just a <laughs> tremendous player. Larry, we uh, really appreciate your time. I know you got a bunch to get to today and, and uh, plenty to see much. and people to see, but thank you for taking the time here for us on SNR. It was SNR. a pleasure. It was a pleasure, and thank you. Larry Brown there, no, four-time Super Bowl you, champion. Uh, we're going to get to our final break of the show here. We'll get you ready for practice when we get back on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. In less than 10 minutes... Practice number six, number two with pads on for the black and gold will begin here on the campus of St. Vincent College. Folks, I said it in the first hour of the show, but it bears repeating. All right. If you think you're a Steelers junkie, but you're not tuned in at two o'clock with Matt Williamson and Dale Lolly, I'm not sure you're a Steelers junkie. They're the only media members out here who are broadcasting live during practice, and you can follow along with some jabronis and their faraway videos on Twitter, all right? But if you listen to Matt, you listen to Dale, they will paint the picture better for you than anybody else. They're coming up here in just about eight minutes from now, and uh, and we'll describe practice to you like only they can as we have a few members of the Steelers out on the field getting some early work and some early stretching in, some few more heading down the hill on another busy, beautiful day here in Latrobe. To get us out of here, as always, what do you say we get to some of these tweets from today's show? Man, you know we got to tap on the Twitter bling. Let's go. Uh, Rod Dalla, this is a good one from Rod. He tweets, you know, like always being surprised about how, you know, like we just spoke with Larry Brown and he talked about how one of his advantages was showing up to camp in shape. And, and mm-hmm. Rod's just always like, it's so funny. Like if a guy showed up not to camp, not in shape to camp now, like that's the ultimate cardinal sin. Back in the day, that mm-hmm. was just commonplace. They would show up to camp to get in shape. It is always funny when we when we get that dynamic of the like I know you uh, you know you've joked before about uh, a lot of these guys back in the day they were drinking frescas and, and smoking cigarettes at halftime all right I'd, I'd kick I'd kick their butts um, you know is, is it is it the same for you when you hear like oh wow like showing up to to camp in shape was an advantage back in the day no I mean in all seriousness we laugh about it but even in today's NFL that is still an advantage. I've hmm. made rosters solely based on me being in elite physical conditioning, whereas this other guy was just in good physical conditioning. And same exact concept is just we're taking it to the next step, right? So for Larry, back then, him getting in shape might have been, hey, I'm actually preparing and I'm actually running sprints uh, you know, prior to showing up to camp, whereas the other guys might say, hey, when I get to camp, I'm going to start doing that. Well, for me, it was we're going to do – the extra on top of the extra. Whereas for somebody else, they might have just did the extra. But when you're in these settings and now we're watching practice and we're talking about how the reps are and things like that, well, if I'm able to go 100% for 40 plays and you can only go 100% for 30 plays, that is advantage. And that's how I always looked at it. I said, man, all I need is that type of stuff right there. That'll sway everything else that I need in my favor that I already know I can do. I just need to get this little bit of an advantage right there. So it is still a very real thing. And for those that have been privileged enough to, you know, sit in some of these meeting rooms with Coach Tomlin, one of his things that he loves to say is physical conditioning precedes everything else. Hmm. He harps on it. Physical conditioning precedes everything else. And not just conditioning, right? Physical conditioning. mm -mm. And he would always highlight Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. And he would show their work ethic. And he would say, hey, when we put these guys up, are they the fastest guys in the NFL? 
Absolutely not. Are they the biggest guys in the NFL? Absolutely not. Are they the strongest guys in the NFL? Absolutely not. Are they the most athletic guys in the NFL? Absolutely not. But when you talk about their work ethic, I was willing to bet my salary at one point that they were the hardest workers in the NFL. And that's the true testament to why they were who they were. And when you talk about Cam Hayward, you talk about TJ Watt, physical conditioning is elite. Think about how many plays they play and how hard they play those plays. Yeah, That is a huge advantage. But not everybody understands that and not everybody is willing to go that far, right? It's not what you're capable of, it's what you're willing to do. That's another one of Coach Tomlin, you know, Tomlinisms right there. And that's that goes right back into this. Plenty of people are capable of being great players. Yes, Wes, you're capable. I could teach you how to go out there and play wide receiver, play running back, play tight end, play uh, DB or safety. But are you willing to do what is going to be required of you to be successful when you're talking about those extra sprints, when you're talking about eating a certain way, when you're talking about the sacrifices that you have to make? Not everybody wants to do that. Not everybody wants to put their face in the fan, you know, quote unquote. And that's the part where you're talking about, hey, man, what are you willing to do? We're getting a chance to see some of that. But the conditioning, it starts there. I don't care what your heart wants to do. If you're not, you know, able to breathe, sure, <laughs> life or death kicks in. And when life or death kicks in, it's going to say what? Shut down. You can't go because you're going to stop breathing. And I'm scared of that. So when you talk about the physical conditioning part, it starts there. you got to have that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And you know what? That's one of the few things, like occasionally you and I will say this, that like anyone who's played a sport, you can relate to what Motsi was just saying there. You know how that is. It's funny, you know, I've joked with you before on the show. Our, like our loyal listeners know that I, I play in a beer league, an adult hockey league. Mm-hmm. I still play hockey once a week. I've made the joke in the first period, my passes are crisp. I'm on point. My head's up. I'm moving the puck. I'm, I'm passing well, right? Strong shot. By the third period, when I'm gassed, I mean, I can't make a pass out of my own end to save my life, right? I'm tripping over my own feet when I'm trying to skate. And it's because right. I don't have that conditioning anymore. Uh, it, it, right. It's not that you're not capable of it. It's not that you're not willing to do it. It's just when you can't breathe, when you're not oh. getting the oxygen that your body requires – that takes over. It makes you think and operate in a survival manner yep. instead of being a productive yeah. in whatever you're trying to accomplish manner. Yep. And that's what we always have to realize, man. <laughs> <laughs> Those first 20 minutes are not like the second hour. I'll tell you that for free. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, uh, Steeler Rocker, our buddy Jay in New Hampshire, uh, tweets that he's concerned about the depth of this team. You know, he thinks of all the, the past yeah. few years that this team has the greatest depth issues and was wanting to know if if you would agree no I definitely agree I I don't like our depth at many positions um we talk about revamping the offensive line but we don't have a lot of depth that we feel very very secure in within that offensive line we know it inside linebacker we feel like we like some of the names but we don't necessarily love all of you know the depth that's in there in terms of how productive they could be outside linebackers another one of those spots so yeah i do agree with that and i do think that that's something that when you talk about the Steelers working out certain individuals they also are aware of their depth and they're trying to figure out what makes the most sense acquiring you know pieces from outside to improve our depth or continuing to give the guys that we currently have in-house a little bit of time to potentially change their narrative and prove that they can be solid depth pieces because not everybody has 
you know, not everybody comes in as a proven product, right? Sure. Anthony Ciccolo, I love to bring him up because he was one of the, he was one of my young boys. I remember seeing him come in as a guy that was barely going to make the roster. In fact, got cut his first year. But then you think about how he developed throughout there to eventually starting games here at one point in time, getting a nice contract to, in free agency at one point in time. But it took him having to be the quote-unquote question mark, the guy that you were asking, hey, if he's your third rusher, if he's your fourth rusher, how good can you feel? It took him having to step up and prove that to kind of quell all of that. So I think with the group that we're talking about right now and the depth behind them, we're going to see, man, which of those guys potentially becomes that new version. We are. That's the exciting part about, you know, the the other side of that conversation is that it, it is – it's very intriguing to talk about and, you know, on, on a lot of different elements of this team, particularly in areas that we haven't discussed much. Everyone knows the quarterback competition, you know, first time in what, 17, 18 years that, that you didn't come out here to Latrobe and have the unquestioned guy. You and I talked a little bit about that, you know, under the radar with Joe Hayden as well, too. You know, for the last better part of the last mm-hmm. decade, you got out here to Latrobe, you knew who your number one corner was going to be. That wasn't a question. Um, a lot of those different competition elements, certainly something that we're all keeping an eye on. You want updates on those? You want to know how that looks when practice begins here? Practice has just begun here uh, on the campus of St. Vincent. We'll keep it locked right here. Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, their special three-hour edition of the drive where they're the only ones broadcasting during practice they'll paint the picture for you guys on a beautiful afternoon here on campus thanks to larry brown for joining us thanks to zachary here on site brian back in the studio and to the best co-host in the business arthur motes who me we'll do it again tomorrow same time same place high noon as always we're on your 24 7 home of the black and gold tired of restless nights at lisa we know good sleep is essential for mental physical and emotional health From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.